0: You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. That was gold. Welcome to Analog Jones and the Temple Film. I'm Steve. Not Matt, and we're a VHS podcast that looks at the box art, trailers, behind the scenes, and we are wrapping up our Lethal Weapon franchise reviews. Matt, what do we watch? I
1: mean, if we're wrapping it up, we've already done Maverick. <laughs> All that's left to do is Lethal Weapon Four.
0: This is one of the most painful experiences in my life. They're promoting you, Captain Riggs. Yeah. Captain America, <laughs> on July 10th. You think you can stay in trouble? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mel Gibson Danny Glover Joe Pesci Rene Russo and Chris Rock Legal Weapon 4 You have the right to get an attorney If you
1: get Johnny Cochran I'll kill you
0: A Richard Donner film This film is not yet rated Jet kicking butt The the two old men coming together they're, they're way too old for this shit now And then we've got the addition cast from the sequels of
1: Rene Russo and Joe Pesci coming back and the addition of Chris Rock What more could you want? We got everybody in this one. This is the Fast and Furious of the Lethal Weapon movies.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I am really surprised that they got this many actors into a script and it was it gelled pretty good.
1: Yeah, it works. I mean, it's an ensemble and everybody gets featured and we get enough time with the guys that we obviously came for.
0: I feel like there was more Kind of back and forth between Riggs and Murtaugh and this one than there was in three. And there was, you know, there was no Chris Rock that you had to develop.
1: Yeah, weirdly, with all with the new characters
0: and the fact that,
1: you know, we spent so much time with these characters. I agree. I think it's weird that like we kind of get more of sort of the lethal weapon stuff. That we come to expect from the series with these two interacting in their chemistry and their fun than we did in the last one and maybe they realized that that was a mistake with the last one there was some time in between these 1992 was the last one this is 1998 so this is kind of the longest gap between so i think they had some time to kind of evaluate what worked
0: with the past installments
1: and what didn't work with the last one
0: yeah you had to have mel gibson become braveheart I mean, I mean, he just like went to a different level and then he came back for this. And I do love how they're both playing or they're playing on, you know, Mel Gibson's now hitting that age where he's too old for this shit. Uh, I thought that was clever. And then kind of, you know, how Danny Glover's like, well, yep, I told you you're going to break down. Father time's undefeated. Yeah. And Dan- now weirdly, Danny Glover is kind of caught up. the age that he
1: actually is (laughs) and now he's actually kind of playing that in this and then mel gibson obviously is older now too so they kind of get to be themselves a little bit here
0: yeah it's fun he just seems really natural in this uh because it doesn't look like they're coloring his hair anymore he actually looks younger in this one than he did in in three
1: yeah we talked about in three that i feel like they overaged danny glover this one feels right
0: yeah i agree so let's play our little game here. If *Lethal Weapon* four was released July tenth, nineteen ninety eight, on a budget of around one hundred to one hundred and fifty million dollars, Warner Brothers says that the film production budget was under a hundred million, but marketing was around fifty million. So that is a huge increase, because the third one was thirty five million. Now let's just say if they just I don't know doubled that for marketing at seventy million dollars. Either way, this Budget ballooned
1: and you could tell every dollar is on screen in this movie. This movie looks different from the other ones, but man. This movie looks
0: huge. Yeah, this looks like it was brought into the 90s. All three of the first ones definitely had an older cinematography look and how it was shot and just, I mean, how they did everything, even you know with the old school uh, stunts and car stunts and everything like that. It's not that we have CG in this new one or anything like that, it just feels different. Like the way the camera moves and the I mean, the quick cuts, it just feels different.
1: It does. It definitely the cuts. I would say this one's definitely edited different from the rest of the movies where we're like you said, more modern. We are very 1998 here. And yeah, the way the movie looks, we've got a new cinematographer again for this one. And it does feel current versus the other ones. Yeah, like you said, kind of feel older. And while three does feel like an early 90s one, like you said, this is the 90s lethal weapon.
0: Yeah, it feels like they finally entered it. Uh, So with this game here, you know, spending 100 to 150 million dollars. Now, remember, just to uh, remind you that the box office, you know, for worldwide total for the third one was 321 million. Now, the movies that were out at this time were The Truman Show, X-Files the movie, Mulan, Armageddon and Saving Private Ryan. Those movies are in the theater right now. Comes out with a budget around 100 to 150 million dollars. How much did this make worldwide?
1: Well, I've been wrong. I I got the first one spot on and then 2 and 3 I've got very wrong. So let's see if I can keep up my track record of getting the very wrong. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to guess with this one 100 I'm going to say 250 worldwide for this one 250 million
0: you're getting closer you're getting better it was 285 million so it brought in less than the third one this one was not as well received i mean there had been some years you know six years i believe the gap there so that probably affected it but honestly when you come out at the same time as armageddon and saving private ryan that's rough
1: yeah, I mean, I and I saw Truman Show in theaters and one one of the other ones you mentioned, I saw in theaters. X-Files, the movie X-Files, uh, then then this one kind of comes out. Yeah. And it, it doesn't quite feel like, I guess, the rest of the lineup of the movies you're talking about. However, I will say this, this does feel like even though it's only been six years, like some like a kind of reunion of getting the band back together like like as if there was a 10 or 20 year gap, like we see with some of the 20 year sequels we're getting today. This one almost kind of feels like in that region where it's like, hey, you didn't think there was going to be another one, but we got everybody back and we're doing it one more time. That's kind of the vibe I got from this movie.
0: Yeah. And Warner Brothers did an excellent job with marketing this where it was it's kind of like the start of the DVD era. And we actually got this is one of the first five DVDs we ever got for our new player in 1998. I remember it. Uh I remember that we got like The Haunting. Oof. Yikes. Love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got Lethal Weapon 4 and a few other ones and yeah, they did a good job cuz they're like be one of the first to own it on DVD and we're like, "Oh man, totally that's the movie we want. DVD awesome." Yeah, I think 1996, 1997 we
1: started getting DVDs. But this really did feel like the first DVD to kind of cross over. It was definitely the first DVD that my video store had. And it really, yeah, it felt like with this release, it felt like, okay, everybody's got to get a player now. This is where we're going. Yeah. So they did a good job sort of having Lethal Weapon 4 be the movie to kind of spearhead DVD for Warner Brothers. Very smart. Very well done. And we talked about it, I think, in the Lethal Weapon 2 episode, maybe, or maybe off air. I don't remember, but the trailer for this movie. Was everywhere, and I feel yeah. like I can beat for beat remember the trailer perfectly in my head.
0: Yeah, and this is when trailers were getting well. I don't know if the third one might have been a little longer, but like the, you know, the first two trailers were about a minute and a half, ninety seconds. I think the third one's a little bit longer, but this one's almost like three minutes, like two and a half, three minutes. It's getting into more of what the modern trailers are now. Yeah, it is long. I remember, but it was on all the time.
1: Smart thing that this trailer did, though, was mostly kind of use the opening scene as most of the trailer. It's not just plot, plot, plot. Here's everything that's going to happen in this movie. It's sort of the opening scene and then snips of sort of what we're coming to expect yeah. from a lethal weapon movie. I thought it was a really good trailer, but yes, I did see it way too many times. 1998, I was going to the theater a lot This mm-hmm. starting, you know, movie fever for me. And I think I saw this trailer like every time I went to the movies before this came out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was working in the theater. So this trailer, ugh. I got to the point where I just didn't want to see the movie. Now I did uh, naturally because I got to see it for free. But yeah, I remember just walking. You had to check the temperature, make sure everyone's got their feet out of the way on the, you know, the walking paths. And then this trailer was on all the time. Ugh! wow. And I didn't see this
1: one in theaters, but because this trailer was everywhere and everything like that, this was a movie that even though I was probably only really familiar with the first one that me and my dad rented like the day it came out and we had to be like, Do you have the VHS? Because we don't have a DVD player yet. (laughs) Uh, But we rented this as soon as this one came out.
0: Yeah, this is one that we bought. Like I said, this is like my parents when actually, you know, I bet we bought it around Christmas. With the DVD player, because I remember my parents at, at Christmas morning. It was amazing because we had no idea we were going to get a DVD player. And then there was just like a package of DVDs. And this was one of them. And I think we also there was Beverly Hills Cop 3. <laughs> so nice. it's just
1: like cop movies. Yeah, action. Uh, genre, All genres.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I, uh, it, was a, it was a fun uh like New Year's, uh, Christmas, New Year's Eve holiday, because we were just like watching these movies over and over, and just like fascinated that they had like animated DVD menus. We we're like, oh my god,
1: <laughs> and sort of be like, I've never seen a movie look this good at home before.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was, and I don't know, like old beater television before we got our big screen. It's just like. We got a sweet DVD player on this old ass television. <laughs> yeah, that was all of us.
1: That yeah. was all of us middle middle class kids.
0: <laughs> yeah, before Best Buy like convinced us to convince our parents to get a good TV. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like begging our parents for all that. And then they they broke. I can't believe it. Oh, it's because the uh, the Rams went to the Super Bowl uh in 1999 we made a bet that like if the rams make it to the super bowl that you have to buy us like a whole new television and i think my parents were like yeah whatever the rams aren't going and then they had their explosive season where they're the greatest show on turf and my parents are like well we do need a new tv and then before i know it they got a they got talked into buying a sound system and a new tv i was like you guys are poor now but we're having so much fun <laughs> Good thing that we just want to sit and watch
1: the TV because we can't afford to go out
0: now. (laughs) Uh, I remember the biggest problem was actually renting DVDs from our old ass uh, stores and everything like that because they were stacked with VHSs and they didn't know when to make that like switch of like, okay, we're only going to buy DVDs. I don't think they made that switch until well into the 2000s, like 2002, 2003. And I remember when there was a letter on the the front that pretty much said, like, we're going to start only all new releases will only be in DVD format. And like people were pissed.
1: Yeah, I remember that, too. Like I said, this was the first movie that like they carried on DVD. And then, yeah, like it only was a few years later, like into the early 2000s that it was like, nope, we're making the full switch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was it was it
1: was a fast and quick transition.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I wish I could go back in the past. That would have been the time to buy all the older horror movies or, you know, whatever genre movies that we had, because I remember when they were just selling them.
1: And that's where my collection came from.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man, you made a (laughs) smart decision up
1: when all when they were like, we're not doing VHSs anymore. I'm like, let me have. The entire horror
0: section. <laughs> yeah, my problem was is I was in college at that time, and there is no space in college,
1: right? <laughs> I know where to put those.
0: So if I would have been in like, you know, my senior year of high school, I would have done the same thing and been like, whatever I can get for a dollar each. All right, I'm in. Yep, and that's pretty much what I I did. <laughs> yeah, smart move. Okay, let's look at this tape. If we're walking down the video store on a Friday night, what do we got on the front here? We got the poster for the movie once
1: again. This is all, all throughout the series. We basically get the same image copied from the poster to the VHS cover. We get our floating heads. It's 1998. It's it's the time. What we get, we get Mel Gibson, Renee Russo on the left side, and then we get Jet Li, Chris Rock, Joe Pesci, and Danny Glover on the other side. No guns this time. This is the first one without guns pointed towards the air. And we got a tagline that just says, The gang's all here. And then the list, Gibson, Glover, Pesci, Russo, Rock, Lee. And then Lethal Weapon 4, a Richard Donner film.
0: Yeah, I, I do like how they're not all being total menacing on this one until you get to Jet Li in the back where he's just like peeking his, you know, between all the heads of the heroes. He's just like, damn, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess some shit up.
1: I do feel like this one is sort of the lightest of all the movies and not and again, not in a bad way at all. But this feels sort of the fun, sillier one. And I think that is conveyed on like all their faces. Like you're saying, Jet
0: Li is the villain. So of course he's not. But everybody else is kind of is smirking a little bit. And I feel like
1: that's the attitude of this movie.
0: Oh, yeah. Movie covers definitely changed after Columbine. <laughs> Lighter. <laughs> uh, no yeah, I mean, <laughs> no guns. Um, I don't I think only like direct to video would ever have a gun on the cover after like 1996. 97 was definitely like where they started to really tone down covers.
1: Yeah, and then 98 was Columbine, right? It was 98? Oh, was it 98? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And that's, yeah, everything. Censorship. Or no, was Columbine 99? Actually, I think that was 99 now that I think about it. Uh, yeah, I think it actually was. But, I mean, we were headed there. The The, the fight against stuff like South Park, video games, Marilyn Manson, wrestling, was boiling to a head anyway by the time we got to Columbine. So, yeah, all this stuff. Like you said, by 97, there were really not a lot of yeah. covers anymore.
0: Yeah, you're right. April 20th, 1999. That's the Columbine. Yeah, I, I thought it was before then. And that that's why I thought because they like they changed so many of the DVD covers and VHS covers changed around, I'd say, 96, 97. Yeah, like
1: we were building towards it. You know, by the time we got to Columbine, yeah, all that shit was completely eliminated
0: from covers. Yeah. But we were getting there anyway. Parents were not happy. (laughs) You're listening to Marilyn Manson and you're going to become a murderer. I was like, I don't I don't know about that. I'm just trying to get through. (laughs) I don't know about all that, but okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I did all the stuff that the parents hated. I was into wrestling and South Park and Marilyn Manson and Grand Theft Auto and all that stuff. Basically, the attitude era of life, (laughs) not just wrestling. I was into all of that stuff. And look at me now. I just have two podcasts <laughs> and I'm not hurting anybody.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember when Grand Theft Auto came out and that was woo. man, they, they really uh, <laughs> they rocked the boat on that one.
1: <laughs> I'll read this back real fast here. It's not as long as the first two movies. So blow through this high voltage entertainment, fast, furious and feverishly funny CBS TV. Pure Dynamite, the Lethal Weapon team of producer-director Richard Donner and producer Joel Silver has done it again, putting the match to fuse and putting the wow back in the on screen for Lethal Weapon 4. Picking up where they never left off, Mel Gibson and Danny Glover return as buddy cops Riggs and Murtaugh with Joe Pesci riding a comedy shotgun as Chatterbox Leo. Murtaugh is still the family man, Riggs is still the gonzo loose cannon, and what's this also family man? His will-he-won't-he marriage to call Uh, Rene Russo is one of the new rules in this powerhouse crowd-pleaser that also stars comedy favorite Chris Rock and international action star Jet Li. Wedding bells, ammo shells, explosive laughter, this one's fully loaded.
0: Yeah, the font that they chose for this is terrible.
1: Yeah, I was definitely struggling through this one. But it's short, mercifully.
0: Well, yeah, it, it definitely shorter than the first one and the second one, but not not as quick as that third one. That third description is where it, where it's at. Yeah, but that one's almost harder to read because there's non sentences in yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because whoever wrote it just doesn't understand. <laughs> like, I mean, they're almost there, but there's definitely some words in there. I'm like, never heard of that one before. Everything about this cover makes me want to rent it. So, I mean, and we bought it, so it must have worked. Yeah, I mean. Mel
1: Gibson on the back, jumping with like something, in a gun or a knife or something in his mouth. And then the fighting with Jet Li in the back. And of course, Danny Glover in his underwear from that incredible opening scene that is featured heavily in the trailer. I, I'm definitely picking this one up for sure.
0: Plus, we got Mel Gibson in that cool leather jacket.
1: That's right. It's 98, baby. Leather jackets are cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, that became a thing. People wanted this jacket.
1: It's a, it's a good looking jacket.
0: Yeah, it's not as, you know, like as popular as the Matrix leather jacket became for a while, which was, you know, also related to Columbine where they're like, uh, uh-uh, I can't have those can't come in. I don't think we can come into my school with long jacket. Yeah, I remember that was kind of the thing. I was still in grade
1: school, so it wasn't as, I guess, enforced, but it was like, OK, this kind of look ain't going to fly.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember my senior year, which is 99, two thousand. Yeah, there were so many rule changes where, you know, I was just like, wait, what do, what do we have to do? <laughs> uh, I don't remember when people couldn't enter the front door anymore because I I remember parents would just be down the hallway like, uh, I think I think my son's in this classroom right here. And they just like walk through if they were like in some type of after school thing, you know, just to go pick them up or whatever. Poof. Not in my senior year. Nope. It was weird that we weren't as
1: affected, but I was in like fourth grade at the time. So, you know, we were still little. I wonder if the eighth graders kind of dealt with this more in the Columbine years.
0: Maybe. I, I don't know. I just remember we had a security guard in a nice small town. That was a big deal. There was like a guy <laughs> with a gun in the front and we're like, what? Yeah. Intense. Scary. Yeah, it was weird. I don't know if that guy <laughs> could lift that gun because he was old as hell. <laughs> But the parents felt better that he was there, probably. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Old Leonard's going to protect us. Uh, All right. Before we pop this tape in, we want to remind you to go over to iTunes and rate and review us or Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called. Uh, rate and review us. Take a snapshot of it. Send it to analogjones, TOF at gmail.com or put it on our Facebook page and we will register you to. Win some prizes if we uh, pick you at the end of August of 2021. If you're listening to this way in the future, sorry. Um, But even if it's still the future, for Christ's sakes, rate and review us.
1: That's true. That's true. (laughs) If you like what we're giving you, give us that in return. We're not asking for any money right now. Just give us some reviews.
0: Yeah, and if you've already written a review, take a snapshot of that. Send it to analogjones, tof at gmail.com or our Facebook page. You, you know, you're right in there to win the prizes, too. We're going to reward our people who have been here since the beginning. And we've also added that if you subscribe to us on YouTube, take a snapshot of that. That'll work, too. All you got to do is send one of those snapshots. I don't care if it's your account, your grandma's account, your mom's account. I don't care. Just snapshot it, send it to T O F at gmail.com or our Facebook page.
1: And I'm going to try to find the weirdest thing I could throw in there as well. So you're going to get probably some normal good stuff from Steve, and then you're going to get a what
0: the fuck from me. So (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. You're welcome. (laughs) All right, let's look at these trailers. Did we get any? None. I did find the ones that were on the DVD. Do you want to hear them? Yeah, just give me the list. You've got mail. The negotiator. Makes sense. (laughs) The Avengers. Oh, yeah. Why do fools fall in love? I don't remember that one. Okay. Almost Heroes. Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) Little Boy Blue. Don't know that. Yeah, neither do I. That's the only one so far I don't remember. Everything That Rises don't know it yeah me neither and gone with the wind the re-release wow
1: they really stacked the dvd with the trailers
0: yeah and i remember when we figured out how to skip them we're like this is amazing <laughs> game changer <laughs> uh and there was a promo for uh windows 98 oh beautiful love that yeah i know i really wish i, I had that i really wish i would have been on your vhs because i would have loved to rip that and put that on uh, youtube Oh,
1: well. Nothing here, though.
0: Nothing here on the actual VHS, which I was
1: really surprised about.
0: Well, we can't let people know the real truth that I rip it from a DVD and then put a VHS filter on it. Yeah, that one guy on, on the YouTube comments caught you. I know. he's good. <laughs> caught
1: you caught you in your nefarious deeds that take way too much time and way too much effort for very little reward. But we do it anyway.
0: <laughs> right on. Feature presentation time. And now. Our feature presentation. In this beginning, it definitely took some of Shane Black's stuff that he could not get in the third act of the first movie, and they did it. They, you know, they finally got it in there because they blew up that gas station just like he wanted to do. Now he didn't have an armored gunman, Fire thrower <laughs> with a flamethrower, just going nuts. Uh, I mean, this this beginning kind of is one of the most memorable scenes from this entire franchise in my young mind. Me too.
1: I agree 100%. I mean, it's so over the top. It's so crazy. And yeah, I mean, it's it's so life attitude era as well. Because it's, you know, Armored Guy. It's fucking crazy. The only thing missing is
0: some new metal behind it. Um, Yeah, I'm actually surprised there wasn't like Metallica or something like that. Right.
1: (laughs) But we do get Metallica later, so don't worry. Yeah.
0: (laughs) come on, guys, you gotta have the Metallica at the beginning there, because then you could, you know, like, have the old, you know, fans of early Metallica. You gotta get an early Metallica song in there. Then you would have covered yeah. your bases. I think
1: with a flamethrower guy, you should have had, like, Master of Puppets playing, just because, yeah. you know, <laughs> I feel like the speed metal matches with what was going on there. But we get nothing else matters later, so that's, I guess, good enough. That's um, true. But, yeah, it uh, it's a pretty crazy opening scene, and it's very funny. We do the we make Murtaugh do like a chicken dance to distract the guy. while yeah, I love shoots it. him up great. Oh, and doesn't just shoot him up? He shoots the tank, making this guy go flying through the air and
0: then explode.
1: How very, very 1998. Yum, 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 yum. yum.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely wonderful. And then it just like transitions nice, nicely into they get promoted because of an insurance problem. Yeah, they have to be captains. Captain, you want to see us by something? Some things don't change. Here we go. The department has lost its insurance carrier. All the damage you've done, they can't get a new one, while you two guys are still running around on the streets. I, 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 th- I think, think they can't good. fire you either. So they're promoting you. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> lieutenant. L- yeah, <laughs> hey. There's no open <laughs> lieutenant <laughs> spots. So the chief is using a special privilege. And he's making you captains. No. Better. Captain! captain. <laughs> time was when this sort of thing would send me right over the fucking falls. I swear to God, I'm getting old. So what the hell we do now? I don't know, Captain shit. I don't yeah. know, hang out by the coffee machine. Yeah. Take long lunches, yeah, yeah, yell things like Riggs, Murtaugh. Yeah, hey, captain. Chief!
1: Chief shitting bricks, man. Uh, hey, hey, look. i tell
0: you. You're finished? think you can stay off the streets and out of trouble? Something simple? Uh, Yeah, absolutely, great. Captain (laughs) Rigs, Captain (laughs) Murtaugh. I love it, Captain. 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 (laughs) Stop with the goddamn captain shit.
1: (laughs) And it was yeah, it was great to have uh, our Richard Donner stand in as the captain. Back we had uh, Mary Ellen Trainer back as the police psychologist. The whole gang truly is here. And like I said earlier, this does feels so much like a reunion movie, even though it's only been six years since the last one.
0: It really does. It feels like it's at least been 10 years since these guys have been together, but it's only six and it's surprising. The way they sort of
1: mythologize the guys and make them look like these kind of Greek heroes and stuff, it is kind of fitting and fun that this is the final chapter then, which they probably didn't know at the time. They probably thought they were going to continue these forever, but having it be so ironing these guys as these mythological figures and just like having Riggs and Murtaugh cemented in their in cinematic history with this movie. It actually is kind of nice that this is the final chapter. It really fits really well. Now, I don't know if it's going to be a final chapter forever, but at least for now it is.
0: Well, I know Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, and Richard Donner talked about having a bad taste in their mouth after the third one. And they didn't, all of them didn't want to end the franchise on it. It was just a matter of finding space between Mel Gibson's insanely filled schedule. Uh, And Rene Russo was not the easiest to get. I'm sure Joe Pesci wasn't easier, you know, because there's some big names in here. Uh, And then it just came together and Warner Brothers, you know, finding Jet Li uh, across the ocean and then bringing him in, it was just kind of like a really nice like everything seemed to come together well. Jet Li is a great villain in this
1: movie. I think just right off the bat, I think this was a really smart choice to go with him and what a find he was because after this movie stateside, I mean, he blew up. He's still an expendable like he's still in pop culture today. He sort of kind of became the later 90s Jackie Chan in terms of the martial arts and uh that kind of like that leading man star power that like jackie chan carried over into his american stuff gently kind of felt like the next step in that and it's all because of this movie good find.
0: yeah good research watching um you know i assume it was uh he was in the china market
1: yeah i think maybe black mask had been like the last thing to come out over there with him in it starring
0: so it was only,
1: I guess, a matter of time before somebody plucked him. But luckily, they did here.
0: Yeah, it was definitely a China Chinese-born Singaporean film actor. He's also a producer. I mean, he's done a lot since he became a star. I got to admit, he doesn't have the charisma of Jackie Chan, but he certainly has the screen presence. He's just got to lose that goddamn rat tail because it looks so bad in this movie. <laughs> I guess that was cool at one point in the 90s. I, I don't know. Oof. Maybe yeah. it's
1: traditional for this, this type of gang or whatever he's in from uh, China, but it, it it doesn't fit his face. He, but and he's got a face, though. He's yeah, he got does. a great screen presence
0: and a great face. But for whatever reason, the haircut does not match. <laughs> and the way they edit him, is really good uh, with this, you know, his natural speed. And then you have the the fast editing on top of that and the pretty cool camera movements, angles. I mean, they just did a really good job. Someone really knew what they were doing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was having Jet Li added to the cast or or Chris Rock or just coming together after so many times. But this fucking movie has so much energy and life to it. It, it does feel Fast and Furious, like a Jet Li kind of thing.
0: Yeah, and somehow the colors um, really pop off the screen a little bit more than they did in the first ones. I, I think this was on, this was, you know, made on film. And then I, I don't know what they did with the color correcting, but yeah, it, it's just, it just looks so much uh, more modern than the third one. I, it's just amazing to look that these were only six years apart. Yeah, this feels way
1: more cinematic. You know, it feels even watching it on the VHS still kind of feels like watching it on the big screen that it's that filmic quality and how, yeah, however they kind of filmed it, it just it feels like the hundred million dollar budget. It looks great. And yeah, it does have this very
0: current feeling to it. Well, and I know in the third one, the widescreen VHS that came out had like terrible pan and scan.
1: This does, too, like if we're going to be honest.
0: <laughs> oh, does it? Oh, I thought they fixed it. I didn't notice it too bad when I watched it. I guess I just wasn't paying attention.
1: Yeah, this there there is uh, particularly in the scene where it's like it's Rene Russo is over at the house, and I think it's right before they get tied up and the house gets burned down. A uh, thing I love about this series is how we always ruin Murtaugh's house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that. And we do it again in this one. But when they're before all the chaos happens and they're just kind of like all hanging out, there is a scene where they're talking to Mel Gibson, Rene Russo, and someone else, and it's a threer. And this like they're like this is so and so, this is so and so, and this is so, and and like the screen just loses them. And then we get like a pan scan at the end of the shot, and I'm like, ooh, you missed your spot where you were supposed to move over. <laughs> but this movie looks so wide. This has such a depth. It would be impossible to put this on a VHS. So like good on them for mostly getting it right. But there is some pretty hilarious pan and scan in it again, probably because it's all so wide.
0: Yeah. I'm surprised I did not catch that because usually I catch those right away in the HBO um Lethal Weapon Three. There was a couple pan scans where I cracked up. I'm like, uh, okay, <laughs> we're just gonna do that. Where there's too many characters on screen, and they just like had to pan over, and this awkward movement, this like mechanical movement. Ugh, I love it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I it's it's like I roll and you shake your head or whatever, but I love it. It's so telling of the time. So yeah. it
0: made me, it took me back to '98. It was wonderful. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Starting off this whole thing is, um, you know, Cole, which is not married. To Riggs, this is a big deal in this movie, um, is pregnant. Uh, they're having a child. I don't know if it was planned, but, you know, it's they, they do sell their chemistry. Well, they really feel like a couple. And then we have Roger's daughter, um, Rihanna. Yeah. And Rihanna's pregnant. But what's funny about this is like Roger doesn't know from who like everyone's kept it a secret. And then, we, you know, <laughs> we have Riggs finds out who it is. Uh, because of renee russo's uh pregnancy brain uh accidentally slipping you know letting him know and then he wouldn't stop pestering her until she's told it and we find out it's a cop but we don't know who that cop is but you know within 20 minutes this movie shows chris rock as a cop and you're like okay it's chris rock done tanny glover's like
1: why is this guy
0: like so looking up to me and he's
1: always trying to see if i need anything he's always trying to help i don't know what's up with this guy and of course they it's 1998 so they have to do the the homophobic thing of like is this guy gay and wants me or something like that and then like which which mel gibson just is relishing and he's just letting murtaugh think that you know it which is hilarious
0: yeah Riggs just torturing uh you know roger with the whole like underwear chicken scene and keeps like posting up the picture like yelling at people I can't believe we're doing this damn it we're captains leave us alone and then immediately posting it back up after showing Roger he took it down we have the gay panic I mean all this stuff is so 90s yeah, absolutely. And, it,
1: you know, it's just telling of the time, but it's like wonderfully nostalgic, too. And like it, it it's their chemistry. It's the it's how good they even when they're just teasing each other or like I, I should say Riggs just teasing Roger because really it's only one sided. Um, it, 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 Their chemistry is just like you could feel it and they, they like each other and them teasing each other. This was kind of what was missing in the third one, I feel like. And it's here. Yeah. And I, I, and we get to see them together a lot in this one. So their chemistry is just like really tangible in this one.
0: Yeah, it explodes off the screen. It's great. I love to watch it. Uh, Yeah, so the whole setup of this story is they're out fishing and there's a shark on the boat. Hilarious whole scene where we find out that Leo Getz is now a PI and he has a gun. I thought it was really rude that Riggs just throws that gun over the edge. I'm like, dude, that was like a thousand dollar gun. Oh, I would be pissed. But I get it. It's a movie. He's gonna shoot the shark on the boat. He's an idiot. Yeah. And he's like, uh,
1: you're gonna damage my boat if you do that. So hey, maybe don't do that. Or hey, don't catch a shark if you don't want it on your boat. I love how they're I love how they're like, should we throw it back in? And they they're talking about Leo and not the shark. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh I, I do love in this the whole thing where Leo goes off about the nautical. Shit. He's just like you can get on a goddamn boat. You're all like become these nautical uh, engineers or whatever he says. I don't remember what he says, but um I I love that because I feel like the same way when people are like it's starboard, blah blah blah. It's like I
1: don't care. Just I don't it's like I don't know what you're talking about. Do I need to turn left or
0: right? (laughs) I'm not a boat person. That was (laughs) yeah, it's just it's just who I am. I just never I'm sure there's a whole point to this, you know, whatever. I agree with Leo in this, but then the giant like ship comes by that uh, they end up investigating. Cause I think the ship starts shooting at them Yes, for, for no reason from what I can tell. And then they bust onto the ship and they find out that it's, it's full of illegal Chinese immigrants that are going to become slaves.
1: Essentially. And this movie has a very, I think this is probably Donner coming through a very progressive sort of look at, seeking asylum
0: mm-hmm. oh yeah with the cop too i mean because they really... you
1: have the one cop who has sort of the conservative view of like oh we're just gonna say they're seeking asylum and send them back anyway and the you know danny glover's response is like oh are you native american then like you know like it's very of this time sort of view Very progressive. And I think these movies, I mean, with the the gang stuff and the drug stuff and everything like this, I see in the the way cops and people on the street, you know, react to cops. I think this series always has had sort of a kind of progressive view of things.
0: And I think it is at a head in this one. Well, I mean, Danny Glover has, uh, you know, a lot of political outreach, civil rights activism. It's something he's passionate about after he I mean, he's not retired from acting, but, you know, he's really calmed down on it. Yeah. In the third movie, I remember seeing that like fur's murder shirt on like one of the kids.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's always sort of been there. And even Mel Gibson at this time wasn't sort of the conservative Mel Gibson we know today. I think he was more just like the quiet conservative, which typically didn't oppose some of the progressive ideas that were in these movies.
0: Well, when you're getting that giant paycheck, you're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly.
1: And, And I don't think he was as deep. As he is today.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I just don't even pay attention to anything he says anymore. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, we've kind of avoided the Mel Gibson conversation for five movies here, and I'm not even going to get into it now. But yeah, I'm just kind of I'm a super fan of him from this time, but I really I can't stomach watching stuff with him today.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, after the whole Passion of the Christ thing, I just I just stopped because I watched that movie in theater when people were lining up in the hallways and, you know, they had to, like, get someone to organize the lines and how people were crying leaving the theater. And I'm like, OK, I just don't care. And then when I heard him speak about it, I'm like, I, I just, nope, done. I don't give a shit.
1: I, I gave him sort of more of a chance too because I was, you know, such a fan of kind of these movies in his 90s career that like even like the get the gringos and the beaver when he kind of had that first kind of comeback I was still with him. I was like, all right, he might be a shitty person. I don't want to hang out with him, but I still like his movies. But after Hacksaw Ridge and it was kind of the martyr thing and the woe is me thing, then I kind of got really turned off by him. Like you did this to yourself, bro. I'm not going to feel sorry for you.
0: And then now
1: I just don't even like watching stuff with him in it.
0: I think he describes himself as ultra conservative, like he's he doesn't. I mean, hide away from it, whatever I, I just I just know he has a lot of alcohol abuse problems and legal issues and manic depressive. Yeah, he's got some issues and, you know, I hope he gets that shit fixed up or at least something like that. Or maybe he already has, but I haven't paid attention to it in such a long time that I don't know.
1: Yeah, I yeah. And at the, yeah, I'm, I'm with you at this point. I just don't even really care and I'm not really a current fan of his or whatever. But here. He's still magnetic. <laughs> There's no doubting that he's he's still got rigs, which I was really surprised about going into this one. This is the first time I've watched all one, two, three, four back to back. And I really thought by the time we got to this one, 1998, he's everywhere. He's a superstar. He's he could top line any movie. I was just like, I thought by this one, he would just kind of be playing Mel Gibson,
0: but he's not, he fits, he slides
1: right back into the rigs role here really nicely
0: after the whole Mel Gibson, you know, I guess, storyline that we finally got into. Yeah, we forget. Or at least I do. I forget. Just he's such a good actor. Yeah,
1: I mean, he was. I mean, I really haven't seen him in much lately, but like he really like at This time he snaps back into rigs so well here. But then, you know, he does so many of these other things. I remember conspiracy theory and another Donner joint that came out around this time or whatever. And he's just good. He is. He's just a good actor. This movie's filled with them, though. I mean, like Danny Glover's on a, on 100 in this. I already talked about how much I like Jet Li. I think Joe Pesci is way better as Leo gets in this one than the last one. I think this is more the part two Leo gets, whereas three was kind of something else. And then like, yeah, Rene is great in this. And Chris Rock surprised me in this as well because he isn't just doing the Chris Rock funny thing. He's got an edge to him that I think he plays really well
0: yeah he's teetering on it like the whole cell phone scene i can't stand that it gets so annoying to me uh i'm just like mel gibson in that just like shut up hello
1: hello shit fucking phones man You get a call, they cut you off. You make a call, they cut you off. What's the point? I never get... Don't you know what they're doing, kid? They fuck you with cell phones. That's what it is. They're fucking you with the cell phone. They love when you get cut off. You know why? Huh? You know why? Because when you call back, which they know you're going to do, they charge you for that fucking first minute again at that high rate. If you're lucky enough to be able to call back because the three-hour battery you got only lasts for 20 fucking minutes. Or or what if you're behind a fucking hill and it's going... Oh, you're going through a damn tunnel or some shit, man, and they keep making it smaller. You know what? They make them this small so you can lose them why so you have to buy more phones i never lost my mother's phone it took you 2 hours to make a damn long distance call 4 5 oh i messed up hang up got to do it again 4 D- 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 five. I never lost my Sports Illustrated swimsuit phone. And how about the fucking scanners? These idiots—they get your phone number and then they make calls oh, all over somebody the world. Took pay for my it. number. Oh, what happened they to you? They called Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Okay, if okay, Afghanistan okay, I don't okay. know nobody in Afghanistan. I don't know what fucking Afghanistan looked like. And even if I did, I would not talk to that Afghan ass for three hours. I won't talk to my daddy for three hours. They fuck you, They fuck you, They fuck you, they fuck you with the cell phones. Hey, you know what happens when you go to a drive-through? They get you any. Hold on, hold on. Why am
0: I talking? Hold on. Leo Getz, private investigator. Private investigator? Yeah. Yeah, Mr. Getz, I was wondering if you would be willing to investigate my privates.
1: Investigate
0: what? My privates, you stupid shit. Shut the fuck up. Uh, it's just, it's too much for me. Uh, I like the Leo Getz. I like them separate. You know, I like the, you know, Chris Rock when he was talking to Danny Glover outside of the boat, you know, where he's just like. Why is he so loud and stuff like that? And I like Leo gets when he's on the boat. But man, when you stuck them together, I was like, this is too much for me.
1: The way they're like the same. They're two sides of the same coin kind of where it's like they both kind of feel the same way because Leo does the thing about the insurance. They're fucking you this way. They're fucking you that way. And then Chris Rock does the same thing for the phone. They're fucking you this way. They're fucking you that way. And then like, yeah, then they're, they commiserate sort of together in their annoyingness. <laughs> I could see that being off putting. I thought it was funny in the movie, but like I could see it as off putting because, yeah, it's just two gears grinding together. (laughs) Now, what do you think about the Uncle Uncle Benny character? Uncle Benny was funny. I thought I couldn't quite figure him out until they got to the scene with the laughing gas.
0: I'm I'm
1: wasted. Great, great. Have some more. Yeah. He'll talk.
0: Yeah. He'll talk. Oh <laughs> boy.
1: Breathe. Uncle Benny. Uh, Uncle Benny. Uh, Uncle Benny. Uncle, ben. Uncle
0: Benny. That's <laughs> <laughs> me. That's you. That's <laughs> you. Now, where's the hog? Yes. Yanminbi. 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 What's Yanminbi
1: mean? Yanminbi means. Yeah, maybe. Okay, you're a funny yeah. guy. Just wasting our time. <laughs> time. Time. Time for forefathers. Forefathers. Uh, Washington, Jameson. Jefferson, those guys. Roosevelt. <laughs> I'm sleeping with my wife's two sisters. <laughs> Lucky <laughs> you started with
0: That's a good one, Uncle Benny.
1: Then I finally kind of understood this character a little bit more because I was like, is he a bad guy? Is he a good guy? And
0: then when it got to that point
1: in the movie, I was like, it doesn't matter. Jet Li's the bad guy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Instead of having two bad guys in this one, they just had one bad guy kill the other one. And in that conversation real quick,
1: like, mm-hmm. God,
0: dead. So you got Chinese uh, working slaves, I guess we'll call them, you know, for like incredibly low wages paying back. The money that it costs to get to America. Uh, You have people seeking asylum in here. You've got money being printed to buy prisoners. Uh, I don't know if it was political prisoners or if they were like, I, I don't really know. I didn't pay attention to that. But, you know, this whole like replicating money, making fake money and then them busting it at the end. I thought that was a lot better than the third one and kind of just as fun as the second one. Not as serious, super serious like the first one. Uh, but yeah, I felt like this one really mirrors the second one a lot.
1: Whereas the third one feels almost like a plateau from the second one. This one is yeah, taking sort of the the seeds that have been planted by one and two. And then now this is sort of the natural growth into four. Three, like I said, feels like a plateau. Everything's kind of the same as two. This one feels like a continuation, the growth of the characters. There's arcs. This one feels more natural. It's almost as if if we could skip three. We have a perfect
0: trilogy, I feel like. (laughs) I did notice that Mel Gibson's kind of like really digging into the like Asian jokes. I you know it's just what it is of the time period. But it's almost like he's relishing it at one point, like a little too much.
1: Yeah, I think like you said, it's the time though. How mean were we, not we, but you know, America. How how mean were Americans to Asian people with the jokes, especially in like the late 90s? Think of like the South Parks and things like that. Like it was, it, they were an unfortunate punching bag for our comedy and yeah, Mel Gibson Riggs leans into it a little bit more than I'm comfortable with here. But I, I chalk it up to the time it was we did the, the again America did that so much then it just un, it's unfortunate I don't condone it but I kind of am used to seeing it from stuff at this time
0: oh yeah definitely now the end uh where Riggs and Myrtle go and fight Jet Li one-on-one well I guess two-on-one uh that I think is just the perfect way to end this franchise because you're just like how did he do that well how Danny Glover just like shrugs the shoulders. Just, I guess we'll have to go ask him and then they go and fight him. And that was a fun fight. And I was really surprised that Danny Glover just straight up stabs him with like an iron pole. Very violent. Yeah. And then like, even when Mel
1: Gibson like shoots him up underwater, like he shoots him like a ton of times, they really fuck up Jet Li pretty hard in this one. Uh, I, I agree with you though. I think I mean this is
0: a spectacular finale. And I even like that Danny Glover goes down, he gets knocked out and then he goes underneath the water to save him and bring him back up. And he's like, you're not dying on me. Uh, and then they get the one last joke where he drops him back in the water. He's like, oops, <laughs> get back up here.
1: <laughs> and, it, and it has all the fun callbacks to kind of the other ones. The shoulder, it's the one, two, three. We kind of it wraps yeah. it all up. And I, I feel like these are a lot of things that were established in two, but two really sent the trajectory of like the rest of the series. So, of course, there are callbacks to that. But like, yeah, it does. It, it is kind of a nice ending to the series, truly, that we
0: kind of get all these moments
1: of them together of stuff we know.
0: The one, two, three, yeah, underneath the water, like they don't even say it. That was just really good script writing right there. It's not
1: fan service at all, but it's sort of giving us what we want at the same time.
0: Yeah, and then they cut to these uh, can't we be friends over all the pictures of the movies throughout time and the people that work behind the scenes. I always love these. This is such an easy way to get me right in. You know, the bands back together, the the last ride, whatever you want to call it, and then they show everyone who's worked on the films throughout the years.
1: You know, it's cheesy and I love it yeah, they say they say family, we're family and then we see all this stuff like that. I mean, way to leave the audience sort of feeling good. You know what I mean? Like This is a good ending, not only just for the series, but just for a movie. You know, you want the audience to leave feeling on a high. And I think this movie really does that. I mean, especially too, if you're a fan of the series or you're a fan of filmmaking and you kind of get these behind the scenes things. I think this is just really leaving things in a nice way. And again, how lucky are they that this was kind of the finale to the series?
0: Yeah, I can tell you, though, when you work in the theater and you see these credits while cleaning the theater over and over and over. uh, At first, I hated it. And then I just started to memorize all the photos and like almost (laughs) make up backstories of some of the photos I saw. That's hilarious. I just had that much time. Sometimes I just sit down and watch it and I'm like, well, now the movie's over. This place really didn't because, you know, I'll be honest, we did. Th- it started hot, you know, with that movie. But man, it, it cooled down real quick because there was so much out at the time. And this was at a time when movies would last in theaters longer than like a sneeze like they do today. So uh, before we go on the museum. No, I think actually we're ready to go on the museum, right? Yeah, let's do it. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. It belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we go out in the film jungle like Indy and bring something back to our lethal weapon wing of the museum. I'm going to go first real quick because I'm just going to say it. I thought the credits were great. I'm putting that in. Boom. Nice. Again, what a way to end it.
1: But I'm going to bookend you here. I love the opening so and this is funny because like the opening and ending is sort of kind of a theme for these lethal weapon movies in terms of the stuff we're putting in the museum so i think it's really fitting in full circle that once again i am putting the opening of the movie in from this series but it's such a strong opening and like i said very life attitude era with the metal guy getting blown up and fire all over the place and stuff like that so i i loved it and i truly Did, if this was part three, you would have, in my opinion, a perfect trilogy. I loved this movie. I can't recommend it enough if you're a fan of the series and you skipped four. I think you really ought to treat yourself and go back and and watch this one. I really liked it. Is it as strong as one and two? No. But is it a natural kind of finale progression? Absolutely. And I think it's more kind of fun and funny, but it feels natural that it is. So I, I just really like this one. I think if I'm going to rank the series, I kind of go one, two, four, three. And one, two, four are kind of standing on a top, a higher tier than three. I still, though, really, I like three as well. But I do kind of put it lesser than these these three movies.
0: This was, if I had to rate them, one is the best, two and four are tied, and then three is at the bottom. And I think there's a gap. I just don't like three. Light recommend for people who want to complete it. But that's just how I rate this entire franchise. Uh, and I think two's just mm, I don't know. That one's really hard. I, I, have a, I struggle. That's like a straight tie two and four. I would want to watch those anytime.
1: Yeah. Once again, just like the rest of the series, what an easy watch this movie was. Once again, I'm not checking the time. I'm not really feeling the runtime. And now we're getting pretty long. This is over two hours. It's the only one that's over
0: two hours. I never felt it. What an easy watch this movie is. All right. uh, That'll end it with our franchise review. We have kind of rated them in our personal opinions. We've done everything. I think this was a good one to review.
1: Yeah. And how lucky were we that most of these movies were really good? You know, and I didn't know that. I didn't know that going in. I didn't know how I was going to feel about. I had never seen three and I didn't know how I was going to feel about two and four because it's been a minute since I've seen both longer that I've seen four that was probably the last time I saw this was in the 90s. So I I was really curious kind of how I was going to feel about the rest of these. And yeah, it's j- just as easy as they were to watch. They were to kind of talk about, too. So perfect series to break down that we just chose randomly.
0: <laughs> so lucky us. I know when you suggested it, I was like, uh, um, OK. <laughs> I think it fits the brand. I hope people listen to these. I hope people
1: like the sequels because I feel like the first one gets talked about a lot and I
0: want, you know, at least two and four to be talked about just as much. Well, and then how many franchises do you have where it's the same director coming back for every movie? And mostly the same cast. I mean, even down to like the families, like the the
1: kids, Murtaugh's kids are all the same actors. Like, how lucky were they to kind of get everybody back for all of them?
0: Yeah, it does not happen often. I don't think there is any action franchise that has the same director all throughout, except this one. There's a family
1: aspect like they sort of talk about it at the end of this movie. There is a family aspect that's palpable in these movies. You really feel that all these people have chemistry together. They all kind of like working together. They all kind of like doing these things together, making these movies. And it, it you could feel it there is a certain level of enjoyment that you get watching these movies that you, that comes from the fact that they've enjoyed making them.
0: (laughs) Okay. I mean, that's going to end it this week. Come back next week. We've got a fun one. A random for you. That's right. Before we start another franchise so come back for that random one. So remember to be kind. Rewind.